Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox, and I am Josh. I am Jimmy. And we are excited to have Sam Collier on the line today. Sam, thanks for joining us. Man, I am so honored to be here. You guys are incredible. (laughs) Sam is the host of a national television show that interviews the biggest names in Christianity. The show is a a greater story, and it currently airs in over 45 million homes across the nation. He's also an inspirational speaker, social activist, music producer, and a social change influencer and speaker at North Point Ministries. And Sam, real quickly, welcome to the show, but... You say that you're 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 talking to the leading voices in Christianity, and yet I haven't gotten a call. <laughs> and so I'm assuming maybe we we got wrong information. There's an asterisk on that. Uh huh. Well, you know, uh, you know, the Christian world is so big. You know, oh, yeah, I'm sure there are speakers all over that I just miss sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's okay. But today, okay. what I what I'm excited about is today I, I finally met. I, we, we meet. Finally. Exactly. Finally met the docs. That's exactly right. Uh, Sam's latest book is entitled Find Your Voice. Sam, tell us about the book. Man, you know, um, maybe about four years ago, I stepped on the staff um, in the director of city strategy role at Orange, Orange Conference Curriculums yeah. and Tours. And the idea was that we would partner together to reach the next generation in a greater way. And um, Reggie Joyner, the founder, um, sat down with me about a year ago, and we just started dreaming, you know, what would a first book kind of look like, something that can go to leaders, but also be relevant for college students and high school students as well, um, at, at the same time adults. And um, he said, you know, I think you can really own the topic of finding your voice because you have come through so much. You've had to transition. If you don't, if you can't tell, I am an African-American male. And uh, so uh, Orange is in a predominantly, maybe not, it, it was originated in a predominantly white space that is now um, diversified. But um, I grew up in all black neighborhood, all black family, didn't get my first white friend until 21. And so he's like, you've had to, multi, you had, you've had to find your voice multiple times in mm. different church contexts and different communities and coming from different spaces. And so he's like, I think that you can help people discover the unique voice that they have inside and help them understand how it protects. I don't think we, we, we think much about influence. You know, a kid is, is excited about how many, you know, friends they have on, you know, or Facebook or Instagram or whatever. And I mean, I'm speaking as someone on Twitter and I, I don't like to, to brag and drop these numbers, but I do have over 50 followers <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> so when it comes to world influence, I mean, we're sort of speaking the same language. But you said we live in a world where young adults are constantly being influenced and influencing others, and you said they're doing it unintentionally. What do you mean by that? You know, um, it was a wild day when I discovered that there were things influencing me, whether I wanted them to or not. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, um, you know, in, in this concept of finding your voice, one of the one of the premises are or is um, that one of the best ways to find your voice is to put yourself in the atmosphere in which your voice can be found. And mm-hmm. so, as I'm thinking about the atmosphere that my voice needs to be found, and one of the things I realized was that I learned about how to treat a woman from hip hop. I didn't get it from, I mean, me, my dad taught me some things, obviously, but I got a lot of my advice from hip-hop. And I was not in, in those moments thinking that hip-hop was even influencing me. I just was a fan. But I looked up and I said, man, I've got some things in my mind that need to shift around how I view women mm-hmm. um, that just got ingrained in me just from listening to something that I didn't even think was influencing me, that I was just having fun to. And so it's the same way with voices um, that are around young adults. It could be somebody on social, especially now social media, different people they follow, different aunties or uncles in their life, different friends, the different different people around them, that whether you like it or not, um, whoever is around you, whatever is going into your ear is influencing you. Um, unknowingly. And a lot of times we have not understood the power of influence or how it works, or even that we need to intentionally put some voices around our life that would allow for us to be influenced in the right way. And so because we haven't understood that, we don't, a lot of times we're not intentional about influence at all. And so we just are influenced whether we like it or not. You guys both bring up social media and Jimmy, your 50 followers. Mm -hmm. You know, Jimmy also got his first white friend at 21 as well. I know. He happens to also be white. He just wasn't <laughs> social at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was late to the party. Anyway, y'all bring up social media. And I, I think kids today, college students, uh, you know, young professionals, they almost feel like they have a voice on social media. Almost too much of a voice. Mm. But I don't think that's the voice you're talking about. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about um, the voices that are around them that they don't think is influencing them. And when we talk specifically about them finding their voice, I mean, what is that unique thing that God has put in you to change the world? Mm. And if it's not to change the world, it's to change your world or somebody else's world. Mm. I think, you know, we are all created for a purpose. And I just believe that all of us have a purpose of making this world a better place. You know, as humans, we were created to help each other. And so whatever your voice is, hopefully... Um, well, we know it, whatever your unique voice is that God has given you has been put in you to help somebody. So if it's not helping somebody and it's hurting somebody, it's not your voice. It's a counterfeit. And so we want to help people find their unique voice. You know, since we, we do have a lot of folks, you know, that, that you know, are, are young families and young parents out there, when you're talking about, you know, finding your voice as parents, and we talk a lot about trying to be intentional, that as parents we need to be intentional about what we do, how do we help our children find their voice? How intentional should we be about the voices that are allowed into our children's lives, therefore intentional in helping our child find their own voice? Man, that, that's such an incredible question. When I was younger, I, um, I had a dream to be Michael Jordan. Now, I didn't become that, obviously. <laughs> but I did have the dream uh, to be Michael Jordan or maybe Kobe. But, you know, something happened when I was around 11 or 12, and I, I realized, hmm, I don't think I'm going to get taller than I am. And I don't think I'm going to break six feet. And Spud uh, my mom, right. I, well, I don't, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if I had the handles either. You know, you, you know, you realize when you're playing a game, you're going, you know what? I don't know if I'm the best. 
<laughs> so uh, Spud Webb probably ran point for the last NBA game Jimmy ever watched. That is correct. That's why you had yeah, the that's... Spud Webb reference. I bet you didn't think we'd be talking to Spud <laughs> Webb today, did you? Oh, well, I said, hey, you know, anything's possible with you guys. I just want to – just... <laughs> Anything is possible, but, but here's the deal. So my mom had a little meeting with me um, at around 11 and 12, and she said, hey, uh, I want you to try out for this thing. I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, just get in the car. She gets in the car. We get in the car. She takes me to um, um, a performing arts high school, and she's like, I want you to audition. I said, Mom, my dream is to be Michael Jordan, <laughs> not Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, I don't need to waste time on this art stuff. Because again, I may not get taller, but I still, you know, I was still holding on. And even though I knew in my back of my mind I may not get there, but I was holding on. I said, "Mom, this is not for me." She said, "I know, I know, I know, I know. You're going pro." <laughs> she said, "But uh, why, why don't you?" Uh, she said, "Why don't you just audition? And if you, you know, if you get in, you don't have to go." And so I auditioned. Uh, I wasn't ready or anything. I just went in there and sung, and you know, did a couple of monologue. And so some time went by. She, we went out to eat. She said, "Hey, I got your letter from this." school. I said, Mom, I already told you I'm not going. I'm, I'm going to be Michael. She said, I know, I know. She said, why don't we just open it and and see what happens? So we, I opened the letter and and it, I got in and uh, she's, I'm like, Mom, I'm not going. She says, here's the deal. Just try it for six months. And if you hate it, you can, you can leave. If you hate it, you can leave after six months. I said, okay, but can I still play AAU? She said, yeah, you know what? We'll still let you play AAU basketball. I said, okay, okay, great. So I tried it for six months. I ended up uh, staying there for four years. And I got to think that in a performing arts school, you just like killed it on the basketball team, didn't you? Well, I mean, I was the best, you know, because yeah. there, were, there, there weren't too many athletes at the school. <laughs> exactly. They Your were, mom knew exactly what she was doing. It was, the team was full of Vladi Divox. <laughs> okay, let's change the competition level and you'll get both of your dreams. It's done. <laughs> and so, but man, when I, I stopped playing ball after about a year or two and um, by 10th grade, I was playing six instruments, and oh, wow. um, it was wild because <laughs> what I realized and, and what I want to share with parents, my mom saw something in me that she knew was a unique gift. She said, you know what? Mm-hmm. He has this musical thing. And she said it to me sometimes, but what she did more than that was put me in the right atmosphere yeah. for that uh, gift to be developed. And so as I talked to, you know, as we talk about parents, I think one of the best ways for you to help your kid find your voice is to notice things about them that are unique and to put them in the environment in which that uniqueness can be developed and called out. I think there's so many parents that are missing it because maybe we're focused on our own thing or we, you know, we're trying to find our voice. And so we're missing the little things that are happening in our kids' lives. It's like, wait a minute, that kid is smart. That kid you know, has a way with words. That kid is not shy. That kid is the life of the party. Put that person in drama. Develop the gift. Put them in the atmosphere where their voice can be found. And I think sometimes, to your point, parents are in a unique position to to see this uniqueness maybe a long time before the kid even realizes that uniqueness is there. 100%. And I I think it's our job uh, as parents to to find that. I mean, that's why they've been giving us. But what's even better is that we have an upper hand because most of them are like us anyway. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think about my parents. It's like they, you know, people say, man, did your parents sing? I said, yeah, but my mom did background a little bit for the Four Tops, and which is an old group. And uh, my uh-uh. dad. Um, uh-uh. 
Yeah. Did she really? Come on, come on. You know about the four tops. Come Lord, on. Lord, you know yes. Yeah, she, <laughs> she did. Hey, the she four did. tops were big in Cisco, Texas. Yeah. Okay, well, there it is. There it is. It was just like yeah. Spud Webb, right? Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> the four tops. I didn't, really, I didn't really respect you until you mentioned that. Now it's like <laughs> I'm respecting the hound out of you and your family. That's fantastic. I just had to say the four times. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, but, you know, she was a singer, and my dad was singing all the time around the house. They had an upper hand. And mm-hmm. so I, I do think we're missing it, man. I mean, I, I think, but I think it's right in front of us. And I think it's our job to go to work hard and be intentional at, at figuring out what that special thing is about them. And, and we know what it is. You know, it's just a matter of are we taking the time to, to mm-hmm. do it. In your book, Find Your Voice, you mentioned the importance of friends and how friends might be the most important voices in anyone's life. Speak to that. I had a mentor tell me, well, one particular thing that changed my life forever. And he said, if you hang around successful people, you'll accidentally become successful. It'll happen on accident. And one of the things I've noticed when we look out at the next generation, when I look back at my life and I think about all of the pitfalls and the mistakes I made and the darkness that I may have found myself in, it was directly connected to a circle that I was in. Mm. It was something, because here's the deal. My parents were awesome. They were not crazy. They weren't dark. They, I mean, I, I, can't even, I can't even really remember them cursing at all. Mm. And so I never had negativity that I could pull from. So the question was, how did I end up in all these places? Well, I had other people that were filled with negativity, and the circles perpetuated that, and I just ended up doing what my friends were doing. I, I said something in the book that hope I hope I get it right um, about just <laughs> – the idea of collective thought, mm-hmm. the idea of collective thought, that it is very difficult for us as humans, very difficult for us to overcome the collective thought that is constantly around us, the collective opinion that is constantly around us. And it has something to do, and I think you guys can speak to that probably better than me. I think it has something to do with our desire and our need to be accepted. Mm. That at times we will override what we even know is best for us just to fit in because of the desire to be known and to be accepted is why people join gangs, even though they know they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. It's because, man, I, I just want to be accepted. I, I just yeah, want people to, I just want to feel loved. Mm. Right. And so you will forfeit what's best for you for being accepted. And so it's one of the reasons why I think our friends are so important because when we put people around us, we're putting them around us for a lot of reasons. One, we want to be accepted. We want to be understood. We want to be known. And so when we have friends around us that accept us, that know us, that and that speak life into us, we just tend to submit to their thoughts, to the collective thought mm-hmm. of our friend group. It's very difficult to override it. Well, I think that's been around, and to your point, that's such a great point. And that's been around, I think, in teenagers for forever, you know, uh, this this idea of, you know, that this teenage subculture, we have our own vocabulary and we dress and the music. And But today with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat, that collective thought is overpowering. I mean, the, the, the type of social peer influence pressure, I don't think adults today have any idea what these kids face. Not just at school, like we used to say, but now it's 24-7. How in the world do parents help their children get away from this collective thought that can be so toxic? 
man, you know, I think it's it's about guardrails. Um, you know, I, I know we hate to say, you know, take the phone away, don't let them on social media, you know. But I do think there's something to be said about the right amount of shel- of sheltering, the right amount of it. Um, I, I, I think it's something to be said about it. I think, you know, I have a lot of friends that would find dirty magazines, you know, behind the toilet in their home that maybe an uncle left or somebody left and they were exposed to certain things at the wrong time. Well, I have other friends who maybe they ran into pornography or something at a young age, but it was very difficult for them to do it um, because there were so many things that were blocked from them. They didn't buy certain television you know, channels. They didn't mm-hmm. do certain things. They didn't have magazines. They were... So I think when we talk about social media, it's going, you know, at, at what at, at what time, you know, are you allowing your kids to get on social media? You know, mm-hmm. at what t- at what age are you allowing them to be exposed to the worldwide web? Have you on the front end taken a moment to educate them on the power of collective thought and the power of social media? Because I think for me, even in my life, because I'm on social media now, it, it wasn't so much that my environment changed, even though my environment changed and my, you know, my friends changed and all that, but I'm still exposed to the web just like kids. But I think what changed most importantly was my mentality around it, around my approach to it, that I am able to reason when, I, when I'm on social media and I, and I see something crazy, politically crazy, racially insensitive, whatever, then I don't, and I'm not going crazy or going off or believing the lies that I may be reading because I've been prepared. I've been mm-hmm. prepared. I've sure. been anchored, mm-hmm. you know, and something so, I, so that I can now be you know, ready to sustain, you know, to sustain where I am. And so I think sometimes we're sending our kids out into the world, one, at the wrong time, but then two, without the proper training. An understanding about hey here's what here's what you should expect, and here's what how you should respond as you receive it yeah. um and if you know they're not ready, you know don't let them be exposed to that, but do your work on the front end to make them you know sometimes we've got to grow them up a little faster now, mm-hmm. yeah uh, because everything has changed they're they're exposed to more now and in closing, kind of, I would love one to two things, takeaways that you hope your readers walk away from with, with reading Find Your Voice. Change your friends, um, and you change your destiny. Um, I, I actually, let me say it two ways. Change your friends, you change your destiny. Change your mentors, you change your destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's two. Those are the biggest things that, that if we could get this in our lives, would transform us forever. And it sounds very minimal, but I am telling you, the impact of the right friend circle and the right mentors is 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 unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I underestimated it early until I started tracing back all of my pitfalls to my circle. And I underestimated my circle and my circle was the one killing me. Guys, fantastic stuff from Sam. You can find more oh oh God. Sam, I'm so sorry. Now, Sam, you're not familiar really with the show, but hold on a second. But you just made our wall of fame or shame, depending on how you look at it, as one of the, our favorite guests of this season. And because of that, if and when you ever find yourself in Austin, Texas, we treat you no expenses paid to enchiladas y mas. 
That's your prize for being one of our favorite guests and, of the year. And by no expenses, he means Jimmy will accrue no expense. It's all going to be on you. Oh, did I not make that clear? Ah. Okay. <laughs> Sam, we really, really do appreciate you being here. I love you guys. I love what you're doing. I love this idea of men tackling counseling. I think counseling is one of the most important things that anybody can have, especially now since I'm married. You know, I, I just, I, I just, I can't stress it how enough at how important counseling is. I, can I just say one more thing about counseling and I'm done. Here's okay. what I want to say about counseling for you guys. Is, is this right? And for the audience out there, I realized when I was sitting next to a counselor um, or, or, or beside a counselor and they were counseling me that way, that this was a person that spent hours and hours and hours and hours and hours studying the human brain and the human mind and the human heart. And I said, why haven't I been coming here more often? <laughs> I'm like, if you ask me about Jesus, I can tell you many things because I've studied him forever. Why wouldn't I submit myself to somebody who that, that's all they've done? Of course, you're going to know things I don't. All right, then I'm done. Hey, I, we'll we'll come you back anytime. We'll have you back. Well, to you know, plug you counseling. said you said change your friends, change your destiny. Well, now that we're friends, back up, Sam, because your destiny is about to change. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Hey, Sam, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Sam Collier, everyone. If I had an applause track, I would put it in. What a great guy. Yep. And what a great book. I love how he's, and again, this is not only I mean, is this is for your kids. That's what I mean. Yeah. If you're working it's with for teenagers you. at church. I mean, it's for you personally, but it's also something to be to be purposeful and thinking ahead for your children. Change your friends change your destiny. You know, we've always said this, you know, that your kids, you look at their peers and that's who your children are. They're not the designated driver. They're not the only one not participating. No, that whoever your children's friends are is who they are. And he just kicks it up another notch. Whoever, you know, your friends are, that's what your destiny is. And the influence of those children, uh, of those friends on your children and to his point, to be very purposeful about who those voices are and uh, helping them avoid falling into collective thought. Great, great guest. You know, I loved. <laughs> we just broke for about 45 seconds. Y'all didn't hear that because Billy's going to seamlessly add it in. But You were going to share this very, very <laughs> meaningful thing. And then I just totally lost my train of thought and it took me a minute or two to gain it back. That's very sad. It's yes. a sad life, I believe. Yes, it is. I loved his point about parents mm -hmm. and how they have a unique opportunity to be able to shepherd their child in a way so that your, so that your child can find his or her voice. Mm -hmm. He talked about one unique thing that you can use to you know, change your life and change everybody else's life around you that your kid has or you personally have, and that we as parents have a unique opportunity to be able to shepherd our kids towards that. The book is entitled Find Your Voice. You can find more Sam information Collier. about Sam Collier at samcollier.tv or another website he's on is agreaterstory.org. You can find more information about this episode or the show at paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find any information about previous shows as well as our socials. We uh, thank you guys for listening and hope you review as well as share. Peace out. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox.
any good parent knows, you put your kids first. Over work, your spouse. Everything. Food, friends. We should little up, baby Jesus we should himself. Up chuck our own food and let them eat it out of our yes, mouths. Yes, baby bird style. Yeah. 